This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Somebody is morally inferior here. There's no question. I'm just kidding. We're, we're, we're playing into a conversation here coming up, which um, I think is just fantastic. Uh, to illustrate the point, the other day I went to a Taste of Edmonton, which is a ridiculously popular festival in Edmonton that attracts hundreds of thousands of people from all walks of life, families, you name it, everybody goes to Taste of Edmonton. They get like 300,000 people a year that show up. And uh, I'd happily tweeted uh, that I had gone to Taste of Edmonton and had a wonderful time. Right away, somebody jumps into my replies to say, that's something only a really, really rich person would say. Really? Enjoying, you know, $3 samples on plates in a downtown park is now elitism in some way? I couldn't believe it. Then, uh, last weekend, I went, I dared to go to Commonwealth Stadium and watch the Elks play football, along with 25,000 other people, right? Somebody actually, you know, I tweeted out how it was a beautiful night at the park, and I had a great time, and, you know, Elks got some issues with the football, but other than that, it was a really nice evening. Somebody jumps on right away. They actually said, shame on you. Shame on you. I was like, for what? But this is what happens. If you spend any amount of time on social media, you can tweet out the most innocuous thing. And someone is going to try and shame you for something that you've done. It happens all the time now, and it's a fascinating phenomenon. And to join us and try and help us make sense of it, we have Michelle Sisa with us, who is an author, also written for The Walrus, and recently tackled this phenomenon. Michelle, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. You've seen this, right? It's not just me. You've seen this. You put out an innocuous social media post and all of a sudden somebody attacks you for it, right? Oh my gosh, it happens constantly. My favorite example recently was somebody posting about ice cream cones and how great they are in the summer and people replied to say that post was really insensitive to folks who have celiac who can't enjoy cones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I'm not making fun of the people, but it's just, you're right. That is a great example. Um, there's no safe place. That, that's the thing. It doesn't matter what it is. Literally, ice cream cones to a day in the park, someone will find a way to criticize you for it. Exactly. Yeah. The example I use at the top of the article is a woman who posted this tweet that went viral that just said, you know, I love having coffee with my husband in the morning. We sit in the garden and talk. It's a great part of our day. Just a really innocuous post about, you know, how happy she is in her marriage. And and they got thousands of replies. And so many of them were from people saying, you know, this is really hurtful to people who aren't in relationships or, you know, some of us have to get up and go to work every morning. It must be nice to have all this free time. Like, yeah. there's just... Or how dare you have a backyard? Do you know how many people don't even have a backyard? <laughs> yeah, so it, it really is, you know, no matter what the discussion is, no matter what the topic is, at a certain point, the conversation goes off the rails. Yeah. And so I really wanted to just explore, like, <laughs> why does this happen? And why is it always the same kind of trajectory where someone says, you know, not that I disagree with this or I can't relate to it, but you're a bad person or is there, you've done is, something morally bad here. Have we defined this phenomenon? Is there, has there been that much work that we know? Is, is it called something? Has it been identified? 
Well, yeah. So when I was reading about it, I uh, I found that it has been written about by philosophers, Justin Tosi and Brandon Warmke, who call it um, moral grandstanding. So what it generally means is people are bringing up these these, you know, kind of justice based or ethics based arguments, um, not just to defend a position, but to attack another position. So it's putting yourself on kind of a moral pedestal and saying, I'm better than you because I disagree with your argument or um, because the position you've advanced, you know, fails some kind of moral test that I've brought up. What's the motivation? Is that what it is? Just self-aggrandizement or are they just jerks? I mean, do they get a boost? Why do they do it? Well, I think it's something about how social media has shaped the way we interact with each other. So, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all of these platforms are engagement-based, right? People get likes, they get retweets. And so in some ways, the platforms really incentivize people to seek attention at all costs. And I think making these arguments, even if they're kind of ludicrous, if they're inflammatory, they're going to get engagement. People are going to see them. They're going to respond to them, even just to say, like, that's, you know, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Um, And so I think people want that attention. They want that validation. And you know, making a moral argument is a way to get it. It's so much more incendiary than saying, like, well, I disagree with you or I hate the elk. You know, no offense. That's no, yeah, you're absolutely, but, <laughs> but, but that's, that's, you're, that you're, you're illustrating part of the problem that I see with this is um, the elks are having a tough go this year. They're having a really tough go. I have a semi-decent following on Twitter, and I thought, you know what, I can promote the fact that the elks are playing. It's beautiful. It's a good time. It's something that people can still go out and enjoy. It's a good thing to help the local franchise out, right? Somebody says, shame on you. Uh, So the original message turns into something completely different. And what you can think is a positive or, you know, an interesting conversation can turn into some other moral judgment. And we miss out on something because of that. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the real harms is, you know, it starts shutting down the conversation altogether or it just takes it to this totally different place where you're arguing about whether or not it's elitist to be eating a sandwich. Like it it derails the conversation and I think it contributes to a real toxicity. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to enjoy these conversations. It's hard to talk about an article or an idea or event without um, kind of being shouted down by this Greek chorus of outrage after a certain point. And it, it doesn't do anything good for public discourse. I don't think it does anything good for the sort of moral causes that get raised uh, as part of these arguments. It's just, uh, it's kind of a plague of online discussion. And as I was reading your piece, I got a chicken or an egg question. I don't know if you've answered this. Is it because we're so toxically divided that we do this? Or is it because we do this that we're so toxically divided? Or does it even matter? Oh, I think that's a good question. And and I don't know that it does matter. I mean, I do think that this is contributing to polarization. You know, it, it encourages people to take these extreme positions or just through seeing them over and over, you start to think that maybe they're reasonable or rational or that they're held by a majority of people, even though I think a lot of this is kind of an online phenomenon. Like most people don't feel that strongly about whether or not you go to a food festival. But if you spend a lot of time online and you see this over and over, you start thinking like, is this just how people feel? Is this a real problem? And and another example I bring up is, you know, there's been a real increase in recent months in, in violence and threats against the queer community and the trans community, particularly around pride. And I think some of that has come from these online discussions where people are conflating the LGBTQ community with this like kind of specter of child abuse or yeah. grooming of children. And and we've seen that translate into the real world with an increase in harassment. 
So it does have an impact. Um, it is like feeding back into the real world. I don't think it's just something that happens on Twitter. <laughs> You know, I think you're absolutely right. It's that uh, bad faith argument, right? And it doesn't just stay confined to social media. So here's here's the ultimate question is, is what do we do? Because it's kind of a catch-22. If you call somebody out for uh, moral grandstanding, you are, in essence, grandstanding morally and <laughs> and attacking yeah. them. What, what is the best approach? Just ignore and move on? Or do you try and engage, ask, like, why you would take such a strange approach? What What, what do you think the best strategy is? I mean, I do think that the best strategy for a lot of this is just not to engage and and for people to think critically about what they're trying to do when they're tempted to do this kind of moral grandstanding themselves. You know, if you want to call somebody out, ask, like, what are you really trying to accomplish? And are you using um, these arguments in a really shallow way? Like, are you using them for your own kind of ego fulfillment? But when it happens on on a post that you've made, like, I think there's very little value in engaging. And and then you're, you know, you're doing exactly what that person wants. Yes taking away from your own point to chase them down this, you know, dead end of moral superiority. That's so hard though, Michelle. It's so hard to I just know. ignore it. It's so hard. I wrote this mostly for myself because I'm always tempted to do it and it's always a fruitless waste of time. It, it is. You're right. It, it's the one lesson we all need to learn. Just block and move on. But boy, it's hard. Exactly. <laughs> it's so hard. I feel you, Shay. Yeah. <laughs> Great conversation. With, uh, thank you so much, Michelle. It's it's something that I think is uh, really interesting and I appreciate you spend some time on it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. You bet. Thank you. Good luck out there.